Good morning, Father's House, and welcome to church. Can you please help me thank Matt and the team for leading us so excellently in worship? That was really very special um, today. Uh, it's really a privilege to, to spend Sunday morning with you, both here in the building in Nelson Mandela Bay, and to everyone joining us online from around the world, to our Kingfisher FM community joining us uh, on radio, as well as to our churches in Jeffreys Bay and the City of George live streaming the message segment uh, this morning. So church in the building, can you please help me welcome everyone joining us online? We're continuing our True Story series today. I'd like to thank each and every person who's shared their testimony of faith with us over the last few weeks. It's been incredibly powerful the first two weeks. I saw Jesse over there, Jacques and Renee here, who we had uh, last Sunday. We've got an, a, a real, really special um, message or testimony this morning, which I'll get to in a moment. But to everyone that has shared, thank you. We're going to continue filming them, whether they're used on a Sunday or used on social media, just to keep Fueling the fire of our faith. These testimonies have been amazing. So thank you to each person for sharing this. So today, we've got a story uh, from Max Jordan and his fiance and parents. So Max is a young man who earlier this year, March, had a life-threatening motorcycle accident. He, to put it bluntly, shouldn't have made it. And it's been an incredible journey through uh, uh, five weeks in ICU, three months in Aurora, Learning, relearning everything again, and to see the family stand in faith throughout this has been quite phenomenal. It's been a privilege to, to be part of the journey with you as a family. Thank you for sharing, and um, to, to have seen the journey along the way, I can truly testify to the hand of God at work in Max and his family's life. <clears throat> Before I cue the, the clip, it's going to be an eight-minute video. Uh, it's really well done. I just I do want to caution about halfway through the clip. There's a couple of photos of Max in ICU. It's not graphic, but I do realize that uh, we've all had different experiences of ICU, and I, I'm sensitive to that. So just uh, just so that you are, are prepared for that. So over to the clip, and I'll be back with you in eight minutes' time. It was brilliant, just not as good as it is now. Yeah, so I've always had a good relationship with Jesus Christ, always. You grown up in a, a family of faith? Definitely. Well, I don't know you guys Christian. <laughs> okay. God became your the center of our universe, of our world. Um, day and night. He was just so present and he just didn't leave us alone. He, we just got messages all the time um, and that just reaffirmed that he's, he, was, he was handling this thing. And then the neurosurgeon told us that night of the accident that Max has got a very long road ahead. He's going to have to relearn everything but time. And never was a truer word spoken because, yeah. One of the medic medical personnel uh, really like wanted to tell us something like, like, this is really bad, guys. This is really bad. Like he went inside 
came out again, guys, you know, I've been doing this for years. This is really bad, really bad. And I think the third time he came out and he like sort of called us together, like almost trying to say, it's not going to happen, you know, it's, Max isn't going to make it. And Ma- Mandy said, <coughs> I said, I don't receive that. And my friend still said, there's certain things you can't unsee in your life. And that moment, seeing Mandy's face, he can't unsee. And uh, yeah, I think that's where the, the real battle began, when we started praying against it. I'm still learning the patient thing. I haven't completely <laughs> understood it, but I'm still waiting patiently to write my 450. It's waiting patiently in the carriage. Right. Jimmy again, I don't run, but Jimmy, I'm Jimmy proper again with Tian. Tian's my personal trainer, he's next level. And you're taking it day by day? Day by day, one step at a time. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we, we couldn't fall pregnant. Uh, and we went for all the tests and they said we will never, ever be able to fall pregnant naturally. And then, but God. and When you least expect it. <laughs> least expect it. <laughs> at just the right time. Mm-hmm. Max at the right time, absolutely. Max arrived. And, uh, yeah, if, if you look, look back at the videos and maybe we'll start sharing some of those videos in the future... Seeing him in ICU on all those machines, it's, or seeing him in Aurora, like in a really, really bad state, you like, I, I don't know where we are. I hope, I hope and faith could have only come from God. Because yeah. if Thanks you look to the evidence in front of you, there wasn't hope in the evidence we were seeing in, in what state Max was in. And uh, yeah, it was like, for me, I've. Definitely had that. For us, we've definitely had that second miracle of, of having Max twice. Yes. You know, and you know, walking it out um, in real life terms, like him going through the whole process of learning to walk again, learning to talk again, uh, to eat, to swallow, eat, to swallow. The mantra. We keep praying, you keep work, you keep, I keep, we keep praying, Max, you keep fighting, and God, God keeps working. And yeah, he never failed us, not one day, not one day. Well, mine is still going to be that scripture that no matter where, you, where you're at or what you're praying for or what you're going through, if you seek him, Isaiah 60 verse 22 at the right time our the Lord will make it happen and you just keep holding on to that because his timing is perfect absolutely perfect Max made it very clear that um, it, we can't refer to it as Max's story he says this is Jesus' story it's for his glory people need to see what I've gone through to be able to see what God can do. And I just thought that that was very humbling. Because it's easy to, you know, not not having too much memory of what happened and, and learning about what happened to you, to take it like as a, 
well, look what I got through, you know, look at, look at how I pushed through and everything. But they, he doesn't see it like that. He knows that God was working through him and it's just incredible. Mandy has written three words every single day with her diarising everything that's happened every day and that's thank you Jesus and the first song that came through um, that Sunday actually in Father's house after being a while of me actually just stepping, stepping into a church was Gratitude it's a song I didn't know and a song that has pulled through till this day that to just have gratitude be thankful for what you have because we only had one day at a time with Max sure <laughs> like I said, yeah. we only, yeah, we only had one day at a time with Max and, you know, coming back from hospital at night, we just had to be grateful for the things that the Lord has done for us in that day because we didn't know what's going to happen going forward. So um, it's easy to say that I can be grateful, like looking now back at everything, but I also had to be grateful each and every day going into this. So yeah, gratitude. Max asked him this time, did anything change? A lot changed. So Max was on a very different wrong path before the accident. So a lot has changed. Um, and we can see it in his outlook and how he speaks about God and he never says Jesus. He says Jesus Christ, his best friend. Um, but on my side, the biggest thing God spoke to me um, as a spiritual lady spoke to me about not allowing any negativity in, not allowing anyone even to have the perception of negativity or, or speak death over Max and I was very strict with that and, and with that came discernment I'd like to encourage people with that God speaks to you, listen, you know, there's, there's big rewards on the, on the other side of your obedience. Yeah, thanks be to God. What, a, what an incredible testimony to Max, uh, Tanasha, Sean and Mandy. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I really want to commend you in a moment like that for turning to God with humility, not shaking your fists at God and being willing to tell the story of God's hand and see the miraculous hand of God at work and to give thanks. So can we just commend them for, for that? So a miracle like this can, can be a, a new lease on life, and it, it certainly is for Max. And I think we all evidence or we all experience significant sort of life-changing moments. They can be joyful moments like the birth of a child or like falling in love. They can be sad moments uh, that are still meaningful like losing a loved one or they can be these miraculous moments like what Max has gone through. But at some stage we all experience these sort of um, moments that light a fire within us and that cause us to sort of wake up from our slumber and start living intentionally. And then I think life happens, and that sort of fire that was originally started start just wears dim a little bit. I think, you know, we're coming towards Christmas time. I love Christmas. We've got Christmas decorations. Christmas is the birth of Christ. It's new hope. I can breathe it in, right? Any Christmas people here? We breathe, yeah. We breathe in new hope, 
Then we get to New Year's, New Year's resolutions. All have New Year's resolutions. They last about as long as January. And then, you know, just the, the busyness of, of life seems to overtake that initial enthusiasm. And what was the fire that sort of lit us and woke us up, a miraculous event or, or a New Year's resolution or falling in love seems to just wear dim a little bit. Now, speaking of falling in love, you, only, you know this too well, but I recently got married. And it's my wife. Um, and I'm, but I'm learning, I haven't reached this stage yet, but I'm learning from those who have been married longer than I have, that apparently that explosive start of falling in love doesn't last your whole life. And that it actually requires lies. <laughs> Why did you say lies? Yeah, you and I, we were recently married. Um, but it doesn't last your whole life. It takes a little bit of work to keep that fire aflame. Like any fire, any braai, we've got lots of Afrikaans people here, I've learned, if you ever have a braai and you have somebody Afrikaans with you, always let them do the braai. It, it just, it ends better for, for us that are not Afrikaans. Um, but any good fire requires a stoking, it requires work. And I think the same is true of a marriage relationship and scripture likens our relationship with Jesus to a marriage relationship. And that initial spark of coming to salvation is amazing. It's beautiful. It's explosive. It sets our hearts on fire for the Lord. But then that even runs the risk of going a little dim. Not that the, the light of Christ goes dim, but that our knowledge of it or our experience of it goes dim. And so today, I want to talk to us about keeping the fire of our faith alive. It's important for us to recognize that we all run the risk of the fire of our faith going dim and sort of petering out. Whether, whether that's just because life gets busy and we don't pay enough attention. So, so sometimes you have a fire, you have a bri, and you kind of get it started and you go inside and you get chatting and then you come out, you're like, ah, an Afrikaans person would never have let this um, happen. That's why you get friends. Thanks, Vince. I'm grateful for, for the Swanapools. Um, but... But whether it's just because life gets busy and we don't pay attention to the fire or because life gets hard and a moment like Max's might result in cold water being poured on that fire out of hurt or in injustice or tragedy or suffering. But we all run the risk of our fire growing dim. We've seen with Max and his family that this moment, this miracle has reignited a fire of faith in God. Even if it does grow dim, God is able to stoke that fire back into life. Whatever embers are left smoldering, God is able to breathe fresh life on them. The love of God may touch our hearts and reignite a fire of faith within us. And perhaps you're here today and you feel like that fire of faith within you, or even that fire for life, the zest or zeal for life has gone dim. Maybe it feels like you've gone through some form of suffering and it's cold water poured on that fire and you worry, is there anything left to even bring back to life? God is able to reignite that, fight, that fire. Today is a day for that. Or perhaps you're here and you feel like, I've never had a fire lit. Perhaps you just sort of, the kindling is there, but never a spark. And today is a day where the scripture says, today if you hear his voice, 
Do not harden your hearts as you did in the wilderness. For today is the day of salvation. Today, the light and the fire of God can bring newness of life within you. And you know what I really commend Max and his family for? Is that they've said, this is not their story. This is Jesus' story. Yeah, that's... And they've said that the fire of faith that God has started in their heart should be shared so that it becomes fuel for the faith of somebody else and doesn't stay concealed in our, in, our, in our own lives. And I think that's part of the value of church. Maybe you're here or you're listening online or you're in George or Jeffreys Bay and the fire of your faith is well and you think, oh, we're okay. Share that faith. Be the fuel to light the fire in somebody else's life. That's why we share these testimonies. That's why we do True Story. And so today I want to talk to us about keeping the fire of faith alive or starting a fire of faith if you're there, or sharing a fire of faith if you have it running. Romans 12 puts it this way. It says, Never let the fire in your heart go out. Keep it alive. Serve the Lord. When you hope, be joyful. When you suffer, be patient. When you pray, be faithful. So to help us find and apply some biblical principles to keep the fire of faith alive or to spark the fire of faith into life, we're going to look at the children of Israel in the wilderness. Like Max and his family, and like all of us at some stage of our lives, the children of Israel saw the miraculous hand of God in their lives. They saw the ten plagues of God in Egypt. They saw the parting and opening of the Red Sea to lead them out of slavery. They saw the Red Sea closing in again to swallow up Pharaoh and his armies. They saw miraculous provision in the wilderness, manna from heaven and water from a rock. They saw God as a pillar of cloud, or a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. And initially, that sparked the fire of their faith. And like Max this has and his family, this has sparked the fire of their faith. And like us, when we encounter Jesus, it sparks the fire of our faith. And we're sort of all in, right? We've been there before where we come to Jesus and we say, I'm all in. It's like falling in love. We're all in. Everything else, everything can change. My budget changes. My use of time changes. My priorities change. Perhaps you were never a morning person. But now, coffee for a sunset, sunrise walk seems amazing for your newfound love. Or you were, you were that person, but now you're a night owl. You're chatting through the night because you've fallen in love and your priorities have changed and the light of, or the fire of love has caught your attention. And the Israelites are like this, right? They, they, they see God, they see His miraculous hand, they're like, yes, God, we're all in. Fully agreed to the covenant, fully agreed to the T's and C's, didn't read them. Fully agreed. We all do that, right? God hadn't even given the T's and C's. They're like, we're going to obey everything you tell us. Okay, well, here, here are the T's and C's. See how that goes for you. But they were all in. And we're all in initially. But then we actually have to start living by those T's and C's. And then we're like, oh, what do you mean no more of that? What, what do you mean Sundays are for church? Or perhaps in marriage, you're like, what do you, what do you mean I've got to now consider my spouse or consider the Lord? And I think when those, the, the everyday actions of living out our faith, we run the risk of that fire going dim. But 
we, we realize when we get married and we're in love or when we follow through on our relationship with, with the Lord or as the Israelites did as they grew in their covenant-like relationship with God that what we want to hold on to gets burned up by the fire of love and what is left is a refined, healthier, more whole version of you. Luke puts it this way in Luke chapter 3 verse, or 316, one of the famous 316 verses. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather wheat into his barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. That sounds harsh at the end, but it's, what it's saying is Jesus comes and like God came and literally came in fire on the mountain to enter into a covenant with the children of Israel, Christ comes into our hearts as fire to light us up and to bring us to life. And in so doing, that which is of value stays and refines to shine the light of Christ into all the world. And that which is no longer of value is burnt up so that you can stand before God as one who reveals the light of Christ to the world and who houses the very presence of God. And so I want to encourage you today, wherever you are at, if it feels like perhaps you've, you've known who God is from a distance, or you've never, but you've never really taken that step to let the fire of Christ come into your life and into your heart, to take a step and say, okay, Lord, here I am. And some things might have to go, but what is left will refine you to shine the light of Christ and you will have the fullness of light and life within you by the grace of God. So firstly, I want today to encourage us to spark the fire of faith into life. And then once Christ has sparked that fire of faith into life, it's important to allow the Holy Spirit to stoke that fire of faith so that it never does grow dim. Sometimes we think that all we need is a miracle. All we need is a miracle. God, if you come through for me now, I'll be all in for the rest of my life. And that's okay sometimes. I think in this situation, God, all we need right now is, is to come through for us. And praise God for miracles. Praise God for miracles. But the children of Israel teach us that the miracles don't, the evidence of miracles in your life does not automatically result in gratitude and faith. That even the evidence of miracles, they sort of turn to what was mundane. Manna from heaven every day? Ah, we're bored of this. Quail from heaven or from the sea? Oh, it's too much. So we're not grateful. Water from a rock? We grumble again. And their gratitude turned to grumbling. And even the prayers that they prayed for, they started to complain about. And I think it's important. I heard a quote from Dennis Prager. He said, either everything in life is a miracle or nothing is. And that speaks to our perspective to what God is doing in our lives. I, I love that when I, when I arrived at the family home to go film uh, Max and his family, the first thing I was given was a full timeline of everything that God had done on this journey. They had taken account every step of the way from the biggest uh, moment of Max walking out of 
uh, Aurora walking out of hospital to fulfill a prophecy to something seemingly mundane like Max took his first shower again. But they, they recounted the hand of God at work in their life with gratitude. And it stoked the fire of faith in their lives. My encouragement to us is to not let our gratitude become grumbling, but to remain thankful, full of praise for God, always grateful for what He is doing in our lives. To not let the miraculous become mundane, but to acknowledge that everything in life is a miracle and to stay grateful. I think one thing that was really important about the way that Mandy had written everything down in her journal. You know, Tanisha spoke about the song of gratitude and Mandy said, thank you, Jesus. But she also wrote it down to accurately remember. I think sometimes when a root of bitterness comes in and we start grumbling instead of having gratitude, we don't remember correctly. If you think of the children of Israel when they were having manna provided for them from heaven and water from a rock and they were getting a bit bored of the miraculous manna from heaven. I mean, fine. Um, they, they said, we should go back to Egypt. We ate meat there for free. Like, you were slaves. You didn't eat for anything for free. But they, not only had they not given thanks, but in their ingratitude, their memory had become distorted. They'd remembered incorrectly. How often we know that that's true in our lives. We stop giving thanks for where we are. We, we perhaps grumble, become a little ungrateful. And then we forget our actual past. We start thinking, oh, maybe I should go back there. Maybe it was a bit better there when I was in slavery. But one of the things that has to be burnt up when perhaps Christ's fire comes into us is that we, we carry things from our slavery into, into the salvation. And that needs to be burnt up. And we need to remember accurately the hand of God at work in our lives. I think that's one of the reasons that Jesus taught us to do this in remembrance of me. To remember accurately the body of Christ broken for us and the blood shed on the cross for the forgiveness of sin. To open up a new covenant, a new relationship between God and man. To remember correctly. God gave the Israelites festivals. Remember the Passover. Teach it to your children. As Vince said over those families who are dedicating their children today. Impress it on your children. Help them remember accurately the character of God. Pass it down through generations. Remind one another that God is faithful. And speaking of reminding one another, who you have around you is so important. Mandy both said, Mandy said I, don't, I don't accept that report of death. I'm speaking life. Sean said, I have to make sure we don't let a root of bitterness come in or death start speaking. We have to speak life. Tanisha needed to say, I'm grateful. Max had to say, thank you, Jesus. They're surrounded over there in a section of people who came around them and held their hands up like Aaron and Hur did for Moses and said, I'll seat you on the rock of Christ and hold your hands up as we praise God and the battle is fought. Hebrews 10 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. When we think back to the, the Israelites, we think of the, the 12 spies that 10, went, or 10 came back from the land with a negative report. They said, the land's great, but we're going to get devoured. Joshua and Caleb came back and said, put your trust in God. We can take this. And 
it's so important for us to be aware of who is speaking into our lives and what we are speaking into one another's lives. Are we, are we correctly positioning all that God has done? Are we remembering with gratitude and thanksgiving what he has done? Are we remembering accurately? Are we stirring one another's face, faith, spurring one another on towards love and good deeds? Jacques and Renee spoke last week about how they came and they were both broken and they couldn't raise a hand in worship, but they looked around and somebody else could raise a hand in worship and they couldn't pray a prayer, but somebody else could pray a prayer for them. And they came together, and the body of Christ coming together stoked and spurred on one another's faith. And it lit up that faith within us, even when it seemed like it was dying or going dim, or had perhaps gone out completely. God at work in us and through the church was able to fan into, fa into flame the faith within each one of us. And so it's so important that we stoke the fire of our faith with gratitude with remembrance, and with the correct people around us who helped to stoke that fire. First Thess Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It doesn't get more simple but more profound than that. Rejoice always in the Lord, pray continuously, Put your faith in Him and give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is how we keep the fire of our faith alive and aflame, stoked through gratitude and remembrance. Do not let your grumbling turn into gratitude or your rejoicing into resentment. Keep the fire of your faith alive. And then finally, we're invited to share the fire of our faith. The reason that God called the Israelites, the main reason that God called the Israelites out of slavery and took them into, through the wilderness and into the promised land was so that they would reveal the light of God to all the world. And that's the same reason God calls us into relationship with Him through Christ. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Max said, this is, this is not his story. This is Jesus' story. What he's gone through is that God would be glorified. We are called into relationship with Jesus, not so that we have a personal, yes, that we have a personal faith, but that our faith is shared with others. And it's, it stokes one another's faith. I mentioned Aaron and her and Moses. Sometimes we are Moses and we need somebody around us to seat us on the rock of Christ and hold our hands up in worship. And another time we need to be Aaron and her to Moses and sit a rock of Jesus underneath somebody so that they are stable on the rock and lift their hands up as the battle goes on to stay in worship. I mentioned in the video earlier on Summer Serve, come to church and share the gift of God that He has given you. Share your faith with others. We had our dream team party here on Wednesday night. I'm so grateful to every single one of us in this church that comes together with a gift. And we all have different gifts, but together we share our faith. And so keep the fire of faith aflame in our lives. Second Timothy 1 puts it this way. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. We have a gift of faith within us. Ephesians 2 says, we are saved by grace through faith, and this a gift from God. Our faith is a gift, 
and gifts that we are given by God are to be shared with others, to become fuel for their faith, to bring to life the faith of others by sharing ours. So today, my encouragement to us all is if we hear His voice, do not harden our hearts as they did the children of Israel in the wilderness. For today is the day of salvation. Humble our hearts and receive the life of Christ to bring into light the fire of faith within us. And if our fire has grown dim, to allow the Holy Spirit to stoke that by transforming our perspective to going from resentment to rejoicing, from grumbling to gratitude, to remembering correctly the miraculous hand of God in our lives, as Max and his family have done, to giving thanks and being grateful in every circumstance. And for those of us whose faith is healthy, to come and share that faith, or to go and share, you know, come and receive, go and tell, the Scriptures say. So come and share your faith wherever you are, be it at church, at home in the way you love your wife or your husband, the way you raise your children, the way you do your work. Share the fire of your faith so that it becomes fuel for the faith of others. We all have a responsibility for how we tend to the fire of our lives. And I think it's incumbent upon us to keep our fire alive. We don't start it. That is a gift from God Himself. Christ comes, we receive it to bring to light and life the fire of faith within us. And the Holy Spirit helps us to stoke it. But we have a responsibility to keep it alive and to share it with others to become the fuel of faith that helps to bring them into relationship with Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? If you're able to, will you please stand with me so we can close in prayer. I really want to, one last thank you to Max and to Nasha and to Sean and Mandy. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I pray that this has really been encouraging to those listening either in person or online or in Jeffreys Bay or in, in the city of, church, uh, city of George. Sorry. There is personal prayer available up front, communion after the service. We're going to have a corporate communion service uh, here on Sunday, the 3rd of December. And then there's opportunities for starting points and guest lounge uh, as well and family fun day later. But I really want to take a moment for us to pray and to create an opportunity to respond, to have the fire of faith come to life within us or to be stoked back to life or to be shared and to go out into all the world. So let's take a moment to pray. Father, we are incredibly grateful that we are saved through faith and this is a gift from you. Thank you that Jesus Christ has come as the fire that brings life and light within us. So thank you that we can put our faith in you. Thank you that by your Spirit, you keep stoking that fire. And so we pray today for every person, wherever they may be, may be in, the, in the building here in Mandela Bay and one of our churches in Jeffreys Bay or George, on, online or on Kingfisher FM. If you've never taken a step of faith, today I want to invite you to invite to welcome the fire of faith from Jesus Christ into your light. Wherever you are, with, with eyes closed and heads bowed, out of respectful privacy, would you put your hand up if you would like to take a step and say, Jesus, come into my life. Light the fire of faith within me. Help me to come to know your love and your light and your salvation. Or perhaps your, your fire was once lit but has gone dim. And you say, Lord, only you can bring it back to life. Thank you. I see your hand raised there. Thank you. Wherever you are. Wow, hands raised everywhere. 
Thank You for Your step and bravery of faith. Lord, we thank You that You have opened up heaven's door through Your Son, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, come into the lives of every person who has raised their hand here today to spark into life the fire of faith. And where, where it has grown weary or dim, bring it back to life. Pray, Father, that we would transform and change our perspectives to go from grumbling to gratitude for all You have done, from resentment to rejoicing in the Lord, from telling of what is wrong to giving thanks for all that You have done for us. And I pray also that You would help those whose, whose faith fire is aflame and healthy to have the boldness and courage to share their faith as fuel for others and to shine the light of Christ in all the world wherever we go. And so we commit this to you. We thank you for your miraculous hand and we give all glory, honor and praise to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise? Thank you once again for spending Sunday morning with us. Personal prayer up front. God bless you and enjoy the rest of your day.